and welcome to Concepts for Living. I consider it a privilege to bring you more concepts for living God's Word. In this particular message, I'll be speaking from the theme, To Obey is Better. To Obey is Better. I hope that you will have that conclusion to be your conviction when this message has been delivered. One of the blessed advantages that you and I have in reading scripture or the Bible, it is the privilege to see the lives of others from beginning to end. And we do it in a glance. We observe their lives, the good, the bad, the ugly. We observe their lives, their successes, and their failures. They're rising and they're falling. We see all of that in the lives of those within these pages. And the reason why we are so blessed to have that privilege is because God designed it that scripture would benefit us from generation to generation. Paul put it this way. When writing to the Romans in chapter 15, he says there, all things written aforetime were written for our learning, that by these we might have patience and hope. The Bible is more than just a book to be on your shelf or to be in the rear window of your car fading from the sun. The word of God is life. The entrance of thy word, says the psalmist, is life. So then we look at the lives, I said, of others, and we are able to learn from them. I said to a young man just the other day who has gone through a very difficult period in his life and, 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 uh, and he came and he was very upset with me. He said, why did I have to go through that? I said, you didn't have to. If you would have listened to someone that had already paid that price, you wouldn't have gone shopping again and paid the same price for what was paid for before. What? I said, you didn't have to go through that. I explained it to you. That I've been there. Don't do it that way. Well, the next best thing is now that you've learned it, live it. So that someone else might see and not have to go through what you've been through. And so, when we look in this particular chapter, 
of Samuel's account. We come upon the individual known as Saul. Saul was the first king of Israel. Chosen by God, anointed by God, filled with the Holy Spirit, strong, youthful, vigorous. But, in the words of Herbert Lockyer, listen to it, I'm going to quote him. He said, his life rose in splendor. But it set, listen now, the sun of his life rose in splendor. But it set, because it will set, you know that. It set, listen now, in tragic night. His life began in splendor and brightness, but it ended in tragic. Darkness. All of us are blessed with life. And the life that you and I have been blessed with is not our own. But we've been blessed to live it out. And to realize that God has ordained it. I don't think it's a mistake that we dedicated a baby today. Not in context with this passage. Because, you see, every life begins like that. Are you with me? And he will grow and develop and become and all of that. But one day, he's going to have to start making some decisions. Because already, the plots, the plans, the strategies have been set to make sure that his would be a miserable life. And that it will end in tragic dark. But on the other hand, thanks be to God, we got a cheering squad in heaven. If your neighbors don't cheer you, just get excited that in heaven you got a cheering squad. Are you listening to me? Because while the devil wants to destroy, God wants to build. And when the enemy would have you to think that you are just existing and not living, then you need to let him know there's an advocate in heaven. And everything that God has ordained for your life, I decree, shall come to pass. You may have scars and bruises. You may have come through a lot, but I decree right now it shall come to pass. Lockyer was right. Between the beginning and the ending, you and I must make choices. But one other thing that we must consider, and Lockyer points it out, he says, the greatest sin that Saul ever committed was disobedience. Now, wait now. I know we can get some horrors up in our mind. And we can think of some of the hideous things and, and diabolical things that people can do. But wait a minute, wait a minute. He said, no, no, the greatest sin that Saul could have ever committed was the sin of disobedience. 
Now, let me say something else to you. Perhaps you never realized it, but the very first sin was disobedience. I said the, ver the worst sin was disobedience. And as one philosopher put it, disobedience is more than just a behavior. It's an attitude. The three points of this message, the context. Number one, the contriving, number two, and the consequences, number three. Stay tuned, you're going to be blessed, and you will discover that obedience is a learned behavior. So they did not do what they were supposed to do, and he, as the king, should have ensured it. He should have made sure that it would have happened. You know, he even played a little game. Keep reading, and you're going to see there in that, in that section of Scripture, it's going to say that, that he, on his way back from battle, he stops in Mount Carmel, and he sets up a monument. So I want you all to know I was here. I'm the one that dealt with him. So he set a monument. Sometimes in, uh, you'll find the word monument there mean altar. Okay? So if you say monument, it's more leaning to his pride. But if you say altar, it means that he's setting up something to appease God. In other words, somebody had done something wrong, right? And, and what they did was put a little right in the midst so that the right will overtake the wrong? I know I should have been back here by now. I know I should not have gone off, but I went off. But guess what? I bought you something. I've been living like the devil all week. But on Sunday morning, I bought you something. Why is he stopping? You can't impress God with disobedience. God gave life. God gave strength. Like he's giving you right now. How old are you? And you just think of that and then you'll see the mercy of God that has preserved you to be where you are today. And then you're going to throw him this little old He gave a monument. He rose it up. And all of that was supposed to get God's mind off the facts. So look at verse 10, down to 13. He said, now, so when, so when God knows it, and then God calls the prophets, say, God speaks to the prophets, so they know his secret. Okay, so God says to him. I'll tell you what I want you to do. Go back to Saul and let him know that I realized that he did not obey me. And because he didn't obey me, I regret that I made him king over Israel. I regret it. Because he has rejected my words. 
And so when Samuel explains this, guess what he does? Oh, hypocrite. He said, soon Samuel's coming, Samuel, he said, soon Samuel said, blessed be the Lord. It's all there. Blessed be the Lord. You as his servant, the Lord bless you. Some folk got smiles. Same person. If you don't understand, there's a spirit that can be in a smile. You got to understand that right now, there's a spirit that was operating in Saul. Because he knew he'd done wrong. I have a dog. He got enough sense. And when he does wrong, I said, come here. When he comes over, you know how he comes? He wants to lick my hand. He wants to lick my leg. I said, no, no licking. Bad dog. Now, you think I'm just talking about animals? Get off Sam. I'm talking about us. The things God has been ordering for your life, things God has been speaking to you about performing, things that he gave you strict, clear-cut orders to do, and you haven't done it. Why? I don't feel like it, that's all. And then what you'll do is, if you don't do that, then you're going to look around and say, if pastor would give me more opportunities, now I would do this thing. If, if there was openings, and then if there's Look what he does. He starts the blame game. He said, no, I know you got me, but I want you to know I didn't do it. They did it. No, notice how many times you do that. They did it. He said, they took the stock. They did the, I, I, you know, they, we, 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 he said, he said, they, we, 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 yes, yes. He said, they took all of it because it was good stuff. They took it. But what in the world did you do? And you are supposed to be the leader. Real leadership means you take responsibility for those that are under you. It may be painful. It may even be embarrassing sometimes. You know what I'm talking about. But you have to take it. Because that's a part of leadership. It's more than looking cute and fine and upfront. It's being there that when things don't go right, somebody got to take responsibility. And so he didn't. He disobeyed. First, he disobeyed God. Then he disobeyed. Watch this now, the responsibility in leadership. Because leadership said, you take responsibility. I should never have let them do it. I saw what they were doing. I could have stopped that, but I didn't do it. No, instead, they did this, and they did, took that, and they took the other. And then he turns right around and said, and we utterly destroyed all. What is wrong with him? You mean to tell me that he don't understand that all means all? They didn't destroy all, not when the man that was really supposed to be taken out was still standing there. You didn't destroy all when they took the stop. What's wrong with you? But that's what happens with people when they get disobedient. 
the first thing they want is the quickest way out. They want to put the blame on somebody else. They push it over there. If my husband was this, or if my wife was that, or if my children were there, and if the government was this, and if the da 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 You have to take responsibility for yourself. And as a leader, for your people. Hallelujah. <laughs> Say, hypocrisy, hypocrisy is extraordinary. In the sense that people will do things, say things that you can't imagine. In Numbers 32, 23, it says this, be sure your sins will find you out. Look, he's exposed, it's obvious that he didn't obey, right? Say, he didn't obey. obey. Now, but now that he didn't obey and he's discovered, watch this, he's uncovered. Are you with me? He's uncovered now, say uncover, say the cover's off. Now, now that he's uncovered, you know some people are, are sorry for what they've done. Other people are sorry they got caught. And the person who's sorry they got caught don't have the right kind of sorry. Because they're saying, if, if I wasn't caught, I would still be doing it. But the person who truly has the right spirit, even if they've done wrong, they say, I got caught. Thank you, God. Now I can be right out with it. Now I can get me delivered from it. Now I can get help. That ought to have been his attitude instead that same spirit that Saul had is sitting up here looking at me today. The same spirit that I'm tempted with and every other human being is tempted with. And that is not to be obedient. Number two. I have the context. I have now contriving. Anytime you design a plan to make other people the fall guy, anytime that you spend time working out a scheme so you come out clean and everybody else stays dirty, you did it! Take responsibility for it. Obedience is better. Hmm? You did not utterly destroy everything. No, you didn't. You know it. I know it. God knows it. Everybody knows it. But now, you, you, you still not, don't seem to be ready to take responsibility, Saul. You remember when God said to Abraham, don't go down to Egypt. Don't go down there. But he went anyway. And he took with him his wife, Sarah. And when he got there, you know what he did? They say, uh, oh boy, this, 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 this is a dangerous place here. So I got, let's work out a little deal here. Let's work out a little scheme here. Contriving now. He said, uh, you're going to be my sister now. Not my wife, my sister. Disobedience leads to lying. Disobedience leads to lying. 
not only him, but Ananias and Sapphira. It was their money. But they wanted to give the impression that they gave him it all. Very quiet. Disobedient. On all of its levels or stratas leads to lies. And the Bible said all liars. I would rather, we ought to rather to tell the truth, suffer it through, than to live with a lie. Very, very quiet in here. I know y'all want me to you want me to preach the same. I, oh, how I love Jesus, and I do love him. <laughs> what we have to understand is that for all who contrived, Jonah contrived. He knew what God told him to do. He knew what he had to do. He just didn't want to be in any way around those Ninevites. He couldn't handle those Ninevites. Don't want to be nowhere near Ninevite, nowhere. So he took a ship to Joppa. It says he went down to Joppa. And then when he went down to Joppa, he went down into the ship. And then after a while, they got sick and tired of him. Guess what? He's overboard, and he's down into the depths. Oh, y'all ain't getting me this morning. I say, it ain't nothing but downward. Disobedience leads to downward. It will affect your economics. It will affect your capabilities. It will affect every sphere of your life. It's going down. Say, it's going down. Well, I sincerely trust that you've been challenged and inspired to be obedient. So until next time, when we shall come to you with more concepts for living, may God bless you and yours. Thank you for viewing Concepts for Living. If you would like a CD, DVD, or download the entire message, go to our website, www fcogchapel.org We would like to hear from you. Please send an email for prayer or send a praise report on how God is blessing you through this program. We invite you to join us again for another Concepts for Living.